Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern Ship building.com let in bill wd40 to lube us up for tonight's show because you know you always want to go into a show nice and smooth and that's what bill wd40 does for us united we stand thanks for coming on in how you doing <clears throat> all right uh, we got about 40 seconds 40 seconds till we launch reminder if you are coming to our las vegas fan party message us at spaced out radio network at gmail.com, spaced out radio network at gmail.com. We will get to your emails here ASAP because we want to make sure everybody is getting their tickets and everything is ready to go for Vegas. Mr. Gray Owl, how you doing? Logan L and Pandora's box. Good to see you all. Jim Christie again. Nice to have you here. And we got 10 seconds before we are going to launch Stargazer, Noble Patrick. Nice to see you guys. I'm ready for this. This could be a fun show. Hey, Matt Geek. Oob to Joe's Maine, you've got aliens. Yes, you do. Horns up. Let's rock. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show, and on TikTok at spaced out radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. A power show of woo tonight as we head to Canada's East Coast, where Amber Peckerud is going to join us to talk all things paranormal and supernatural. Then in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp, followed up by little Timmy Senor being here and the UFO report. All right. Amber Beckerud is a longtime paranormal enthusiast and investigator of the unknown. For the better part of a decade, Amber has been chasing down the stories of ghosts and monsters from the Canadian Klondike all the way to where she lives now, living in Canada's easternmost province, Newfoundland. The ghosts and their stories have helped Amber tell the tale of life that once was. Her goal now is to help bring those tales from the past 
to present time. And it's been a while since we've had Amber Beckerud on Spaced Out Radio. And I'm so excited about this because she is one of the best that Canada has to offer. She really is. Amber, thank you so much for joining us again. How you been? I'm good. I'm good. A little cold, which is why I'm under a heated blanket, but I'm good. (laughs) It's been a very long time. Now, when we first met a few years ago, you were living in the Yukon. Boy, you, you you go from one drastic weather pattern to another because yeah. you followed this hot lady all the way to Newfoundland, who is now your wife, and, and you guys are so beautiful together. You really are. And congratulations on that because I know I believe you're still newlyweds. And if not, then... Yeah, under six months. <clears throat> yeah. Or so, just six months. So that's still a good thing. That's still a good thing. And congratulations on that, by the way. I, I did, Thank you. I, I did uh, troll your wedding pictures because my invite, <laughs> my invite must have got lost in the mail somewhere. So, you know. <clears throat> or I'm just bad at mailing them out. Yeah, one of the two. But nonetheless... You know what? Congratulations. And the one thing that you guys have going for you is your love of everything weird, strange, and odd. So since you were last on, we have a a bunch of plethora of new listeners. How did you get your love of the paranormal and supernatural? Um, Mine was from a really young age. Um, for those of you who, yeah, don't know and are new to all of the, the this spaced out radio and everything, um, I grew up as a young kid, he seeing and hearing things um, fairly frequently, and I was lucky enough to have parents who encouraged that um, and just kind of said, you know, well, what are you seeing and what's going on and what's being said, and so I think between that and then just not closing myself off like a lot of people do as they get older kind of helped the the love for it the the idea that you grew up with such open-minded parents i mean how did that change your outlook compared to you know what my parents i I was very enclosed i was very sheltered you know and these topics were kind of taboo if it wasn't hockey pepsi versus coke or politics (laughs) we really didn't talk about it in my family um, I think it, it really helped. Um, my dad more so than my mom. Like, my mom believes, but she doesn't necessarily believe as intensely as my dad or I do. Um, and she's still a very logical person. Um, so it, it was a lot of my dad and I sitting up, you know, like that, that was my, my getaway was I could stay up and watch ghost shows with dad. And I was like six and seven years old, right? So like we were watching like Ghost Hunters right from the very beginning and um, Paranormal State was a huge thing when I was a kid. And so it, it it was really fun to just have that kind of upbringing of dad being like, yep, let's do this. <laughs> oh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you whatsoever. What do you find fun about this? Is it communicating with spirit? Is it chasing down legends? For you, what's the enjoyment um, I think it's a it's a combination of everything. And I think between, yeah, you know, being able to communicate with the other side, getting, you know, really good responses, being able to verify um, facts or, you know, things about the place, but also the history. Like, I'm a huge history buff and a nerd, not so much as my wife. She's like a whole other level. But I really love 
diving deep into, you know, the background on places and the why these stories came about or, you know, who did die here and how long were they here and what did they do? How did they live their life? Because that plays into such a big part of, you know, hauntings and that kind of stuff. So I think it's it's just all of it. <laughs> it's all fun. It really is. But, you know, sometimes, I mean, when you go out on a jaunt, are you setting yourself up through the paranormal? Um, yes and no. Um, 99% of the time, unless I'm actively going out to do an investigation, I'm not looking for it. It just finds me. Like, we've been out places where we're just going out for a drive. And then all of a sudden, I'm like... Okay, cool. There's somebody here. <laughs> so, um, I'm not, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily go looking for it, but it always finds me somehow. Yeah. And, and you know what? It, it's, it's funny how that happens because I, I was talking to my buddy, we call him random guy around here and random guy was actually uh, griping to my audience last night in our, in our overtime program about how nothing weird ever happened to him until he started chatting with me. And now it's apparently all my fault. Do you get that? All of a sudden you, you get those skeptical friends that are around and they've never had an experience. And then, you know, you know, a week or two or a month or two later, they're like, Amber, what did you do to me? <laughs> um, yep. Currently, one of my coworkers, we have a clinic ghost and she used to brush everything off. And I was like, oh, no, there's there's actually, you know, I work in a doctor's office. And uh, I said, no, there's actually a ghost here. Like, I see him standing out in the waiting area all the time. I've seen him walk in and out of the clinic. He's closed the doors in broad daylight in front of us. And now she's just, like, totally freaked out about it. And she was like, I didn't notice these things until you said something. <laughs> it's your fault. You know that. It's my fault. It's totally your fault. But, I mean, <laughs> on the flip side, I kind of enjoy it because you're actually opening up people who trust you. It's not that they don't believe, but they trust you. And because they trust you, they know you're not going to feed them any BS. So yeah. that I think that's why so many people who you hang around with in this field, whether it's you, me, or other people, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, start having experiences. Your thoughts. Yeah. I agree. Um, and I think the more time that you spend with open-minded people, um, especially in the paranormal field, the more likely you are, whether you're still a complete skeptic or not, the more likely you are to experience something. Um, maybe it's something small, but it could also be something huge. And I think, yeah, the more time that you spend around people who are open-minded and are willing to explore the options with you of saying, okay, let's debunk this. Let's go from like point A to point B, see what could it have been. Um, and just be able to give people those kinds of safe spaces to explore things that they weren't necessarily allowed to before is super important. So let's go back in history with you here, because when we first met, you were chasing down monsters and ghosts in the Yukon and literally right across Canada because you were born and raised right here in British Columbia where I am in, in studio and I don't know how it's been for you the last few nights but the northern lights have been beautiful here they really have 
And uh, so good. Yeah. Well, you know my area. You know where the studio yeah. is located. And, you know, the idea behind it is there's a lot of hauntings here on the old Gold Rush Trail going right up to the Yukon. But you also had your your uh, share of monster inquiries, too. And I believe, if I do recall, and I want you to share this, and I think my memory's pretty good, when you made your trek out east and you were driving and moving, you actually had an encounter with some sort of cryptid. Yep, we um, we drove from Whitehorse all the way across to Newfoundland when we moved, and um, it's it, I mean we took our time, but we also didn't you know dilly dally. Um, so it took about a week straight, and I think Alberta was our third day, I believe. I believe it was our third day on the road. Um, and I mean, for those of you who don't live in Canada, Alberta is prairies it's literally just flatlands there's mountains kind of in the north and otherwise it's all just grass and um you know vast areas for days and we were driving down i think we were just outside of edmonton maybe um and it was all grass fields on either side and we kind of you know seen like a wild turkey and those you know random wild animals you would expect um and broad daylight 35 degrees out hot as anything in the middle of june and on the side of the road i looked over because i saw something caught the corner of my eye as i was driving and both of us clear as day saw what we can only assume was a skinwalker um, full humanoid body, but skin and bones and on all fours and, you know, just your typical, anything that you would see is a picture of a skinwalker. Um, and you know, we both were kind of just quiet and registered that we saw it. And then it was gone within an instant. It started walking towards the road was completely gone. And we both just kind of kept driving in the car. And then I went, did you see that? My wife went, uh-huh. And I was like, are we going to talk about it? She was like, nah, <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> how did that, it was make, broad daylight. how did that make you feel though? When you look at that and you're realizing that that just happened, what goes through your mind? Um, honestly, I was mostly like, I had kept processing everything in my head being like, okay, like don't crash the car. Uh, <laughs> don't slam on the brakes and don't hit whatever it is. Because I mean, in my mind, like both of us saw it as physical as I'm seeing you through a computer screen or, you know, my dogs that are asleep on the couch. Um, so it was a very physical being. And then it just wasn't. Um, so you're, and again, it was broad daylight. There was no clouds. There was no, you know, we weren't overly dehydrated or any of those things, right? Like it just, no matter what you did to try and debunk it through your brain, it just, you can't deny that there was something physical on the road and then it wasn't there. And there was no explanation. Like, why did we see it? Why was it that specific moment? What did it mean? I don't know. Nothing bad happened after that, but like, <laughs> Now, and the, and you're lucky. It didn't chase you, as we've heard no. many a times before. But 
have you ever seen one since? Did it enhance anything on the trip going east? Um, no, I, we didn't see anything after that. Um, here on the island, there's not, there isn't as much cryptid lore as there is on the mainland. Um, so there's a little bit about Bigfoot and that kind of thing, you know, more further into the central part of the island and like up into Labrador, um, which is still mainland, but nobody really talks about cryptids like that here. Um, and I don't know if it's just that there's none. Um, and it's just kind of got its own little subset. Cause I mean, fairies is a whole other beast here. Um, but yeah, I, it didn't change anything. And I mean, the car we were driving was a, POS anyway. So um, <laughs> it broke down on the way here, but it, it, that was kind of expected. Like we knew we had a ticking time bomb on that car. So <laughs> I didn't attribute it to that. Okay. So the idea that you've seen this, is it something you want to see again? Is it something you want to experience it again? Heck no. <laughs> We we had seen something similar um, a few years prior when we lived in the Yukon um, in the middle of the night this time. And um, it was more along the lines of almost being shamanistic, um, meaning in that sense that it was same humanoid figure with super, you know, gaunt, bony structure, but had a deer skull on its head. Um, where its skull should have been. And it kind of just chased us down a road, but not like chased us in the sense that like it actually ran after the car. It just kept popping up on the side of the road as we drove down until we were far enough away from where we were headed that it was like, okay, good. So at this point, I'm just going to respect the spaces <laughs> and not go there at night and just give them the, the space that they, they obviously want and deserve at this point. So it did impact you. Oh yeah. I mean, I grew up in the Yukon where, you know, the huge population is first nations. Um, my hometown is very heavily first nations based. Um, so I grew up with the, the tales and the, the folklore and, um, you know, the stories of how to deal with different cryptids and, you know, all those kinds of things. And so you learn a very high level of respect, um, especially growing up in a Northern community. And so I had that respect going into those account encounters and having those encounters just kind of made me have more respect for them. And, you know, I take a, a very big step back now when it comes to things along those lines. And, you know, I don't push too hard. <laughs> yeah. You, you kind of have to, you, ha you have to uh, really take the time to, to sit back, relax, and try and figure out and focus on what you really saw. For you, though, did it ever impact the fear you have in, in living or or with the paranormal world in general? No. Um, I mean, I've been, I've definitely been scared um, before. I've had some definite encounters that have, you know, sent me running, hightailing up a set of stairs. Um never to set foot in a building again but 
it it's never scared me enough that I'm done. You know, like I've never ha- come out of a an encounter and been like, you know what, that's it. Like I'm I'm not going there ever again. I'm not touching, you know, the paranormal or the cryptid world ever again. Um, it still leaves me curious, and of course, I'd still like to know more, and I'd still like to to get um, more information. But I think we all do. <laughs> I think that I think we all want that. <laughs> Oh, I, I would I would fully agree with you as we got about four and a half minutes before we got to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Amber Beckerud is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Amber, you know, once we get back from the break, I really want to start focusing on a lot of the cool things you have investigated since moving east to the beautiful province of Newfoundland. And but for you, I know you're a believer. I know you're an experiencer. Is there anything out there that you haven't experienced yet that you were like, you know what, I'd really, really like to see one of these or have this happen? I cannot say for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that I've ever had an alien encounter, UFO encounter, um, or anything along those lines at all. Do I want to be abducted? Heck no. Uh, <laughs> but Come join I the think... aliens. <laughs> but I think, um, you know, being able to say, like, I 100% saw an identified flying object in the sky would be an experience for me that I would really love to have um, and be able to, to kind of just try and process in real life instead of just seeing it on a TV I don't think your wife would like that. Them aliens coming along, coming around. She's had experiences before, so. Then you know what I'm talking about. She she don't want them aliens. She don't want them aliens. She's like, nope, screw that. I'm out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, but for you, though, I mean, wanting that experience, knowing that you could call it in, I mean, do you find yourself being a little bit more careful? Um, yes and no. Again, it, it kind of just ties back to the, I don't, I don't actively go out looking for it. Um, if you own a small business, you know the value of time. GetRefunds.com does too. That's why they've made it easy, no matter how busy you are, to apply for the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Go to GetRefunds.com to get started. And in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. And they may be able to help your business too. There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated information, so don't let this opportunity pass you by, because this payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. 
Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern shipbuilding.com so it if i do happen to experience something i mean case in point you were the first person i texted the other night when i was like oh my god something's happening and then it turned out to be nothing but it was fine um but it was cool in the moment to be like i can't explain what i'm seeing right now in front of me and it ended up just being planets but you know just having that that moment of a thrill in terms of something that is very physically happening I think that's the difference between what a UFO would be and what a paranormal experience would be is that a UFO there seems to be more of an actual tangible piece of something that you can see hold feel or experience versus a paranormal I don't blame you I don't blame you see I've really gotten into the cryptids now I've kind of walked away from the paranormal side of everything it just, I don't, for me personally, it's, the stories are great. I love being in a haunted building. I, you know, it, it, it excites me. But when you know that there is something out in the forest that could rip your arm off and beat you with it, that is just absolute prime time for me. And yeah. I can imagine what it would be like, you know, you get to the pearly gates of heaven St. Peter standing there with his giant book. Oh, yes, Mr. Dave Scott. And what happened to thee to bring us to heaven? I got beaten with my arm by Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. That is the ultimate. Ultimate. <laughs> I get it, though. Like, and it, that that would be my alien encounter, right? Like, those I've seen the cryptids and I've been around the cryptids and I've heard the things in the forest that I can't explain. And I assume was Sasquatch. Um, but I've never had that, that alien encounter um, that everybody seems to always go off about, especially living in the Yukon. There were so many. Oh yeah. And up in the Yukon, I've heard reports of them being like 15 feet and up because everything, oh, yeah. everything's bigger up there. Everything yep. is bigger. You know, but we only have about 10 seconds left. So, Amber, I'm going to put you on hold here while we go to break here at the bottom of the hour. When we come back on Spaced Out Radio, we're going to learn about how haunted the easternmost province and land of North America and Canada truly is with Amber Becker, a paranormal investigator, supernatural sprite, redheaded. <laughs> Fairy Godmother on Spaced Out Radio next. Redheaded Fairy Godmother. That is awesome. I'll take it. That I'll is take awesome. It. <laughs> All right. Now we just got to sit here and stare at each other stupidly for five minutes while our YouTube audience uh, looks on i think your wifey's in the chat room i think she is mm. margie 
No. No? Or is she in bed? No. No, she's working. Mm. Well, one of your fans is. Tyrone in Seattle, how you doing, buddy? Would you all time me out? I was having a conversation. I'm not timing you out. Who timed you out? <laughs> Why would you all time me out? Oh, who timed you out? Low Pro, how you doing? Hold on. Let's go back and look here. Let's find the replay. All right, there's Bones there. I'm not seeing you timed out, dude. Not seeing it at all. Oh, there it is. Uh, I lose my wrench. What are you talking about? Oh, are you talking about what went on in another chat room? That would probably be why. That's worth <laughs> an erase, uh, uh, Pixie Lara. That's worth an erase, not a timeout. Worth an erase, not a timeout. Yeah, I know you carry a, a a very very sharp whip, Pixie Lara. I know you do, and when you you got to make sure it stings a little bit. I get that. Very nice. Now you've got me confused. Now I'm trying to figure out who you're talking about. Well, there was someone who who uh, was like, "Yeah, she is." When I are. Or, yeah, she's sexy or whatever when I was talking about your wife. <laughs> it was like Marge uh, something. Lee Lovelight, how you doing? I'll go back and find it. Hold on. Show yourself. Send a message. Show yourself, Margie. Show, Show yourself. yourself. Give us the Marge that we've always needed. <laughs> I wonder if people named Marge, their middle name is Jaren. <laughs> if I had a daughter named Marge, I'd make sure her middle name was Jaren. Oh my god. Just saying. I would totally do that. Could you imagine? Oh, wouldn't that be awesome? Margie Jaren. I am Pam, by the way. John Sabe Melon, what's going on? I'm still looking. Um, where are the? Where are the? I'm like way up here now. Majdi. Um. Did you know I got to uh, meet Bumblefoot in January? Did you? I did. You didn't tell me that. Oh, you were on the rock we, cruise. Yeah, we were on the cruise. Did you say hi to him for me? I the We got pictures together, so we did the meet and greet. And so yeah. there is a photographic evidence that he and I were in the same space. Nice. Isn't he but, just a uh, gem? He's so tall. He's only like 5'7". I'm 5'2". I'm tiny. Okay. <laughs> Did you talk spaced out radio with him at least? 
No, I didn't get to Ouch. see him that often. We Ouch. saw him on stage two nights in a row. Isn't he incredible? And Isn't he incredible? It's amazing. It, it, you know what? It, honestly, it should be illegal how good he is on guitar. I agree. I agree. As soon as he came out on stage, I was like, that's him. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I know exactly who that is. <laughs> yep. Yep. I want to go on one of those. Oh, it's it's so worth it. It's worth every single penny. Oh, I'm so jealous. We'll have to go together. It's sold out already. I know. Like, you got to book it like a couple of years in advance. It, they don't even let you do that. It opened no? on Monday and it sold out yesterday oh, wow. afternoon. Holy. Well, I guess I'm waiting two years. Uh, hold on one <laughs> second here. Big thank you to Pam S, Pam H, Louie, Tim for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love. It's a great way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you so, so much. And here we go, everyone. Second half hour. Push. Second half hour of Space Down Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Space Down Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Let's head over to Newfoundland, Canada, where Amber Beckerud is joining us to talk about the fairies and spirits of Canada's easternmost province. And thank you, Amber, for joining us once again. And your cat is joining us, so in case we hear any meowing... We know who oh, that yes. is. He's a talker. Excellent. And what's the cat's name? This is Apollo. And uh, that noise, if you're listening behind her, that would be a snowplow. Recognize that sound anyway? Two, actually. Two of them. Very nice. Very yeah, nice. Yeah, we're in the middle of a snowstorm, so. I'm proud to say we're in the middle of the, we just started our melt. I'm so happy uh. about that. I am so happy about it. Yep, but what can we do? All right, let's talk about Newfoundland here because there are a lot of history with ghosts in Newfoundland. And this is yes. this is not like Western North America where the ghosts have only been hanging out maybe 150 years or so. These are ghosts that have been around for centuries, if not millennia. Everything from fairies and sprites to ghosts of explorers to... If you own a small business, you know the value of time. GetRefunds.com does too. That's why they've made it easy, no matter how busy you are, to apply for the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Go to GetRefunds.com to get started, and in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. And they may be able to help your business too. 
There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated information, so don't let this opportunity pass you by because this payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern Shipbuilding building.com vikings and ghost ships even people saying they every now and again see the titanic sailing by you know i mean there's a little bit of everything that goes on there what makes newfoundland so haunted um a lot of it honestly um it the a water there's a no end to it um b it's also just a giant rock um, there's a reason that it has that nickname. Um, and there's a lot of granite on the island um, among court, like quartz and all of those kinds of things, which, t- which tend to hold energy and infuse energy into them. Um, so it is lands that tend to hold on to the things that have happened to it um, over the, the years. Um, and on top of that, just the culture. Um so much of Newfoundland is based in Irish, Scottish, um, European backgrounds that that was carried through when they came over, um, you know, and their folklore from over in Ireland and those kinds of things. So it all just kind of it came with the times um, as things kind of progressed. You know, and for you. I mean, that's a paranormal person's dream where you're literally yeah. surrounded by it. I mean, never mind you're dodging the 1,800-pound the moose. But, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you're surrounded by it. I mean, have you ever seen a ghost ship since you've been there the last few years? I have not seen a ghost ship. Um, I have seen the lights uh, out on the water. Um, and... We've been to a few different ghost towns, but there's over 300 in the entire uh, province, and that's not including Labrador. So it's hard to get to most of them, and a lot of them are land landlocked on smaller islands within the island. Um, so you have to get a boat to get out to them, and finding a boat that you can just take out for the day is also hard. <laughs> Tell us about these lights that you saw. Um, we saw them a couple of times the, during the pandemic, um, you know, when nobody worked, um, it kind of gave me the opportunity to be able to just go out and explore the island for what it is, um, and how beautiful it is. And so going and researching where a lot of the ghost ships are, um, where they wrecked, where people see them frequently, there's a interactive map that a student at the university here uh, actually put together so it's every single shipwreck and like ghost ship sighting throughout the entire island um, put into a single database and so we kind of use that to go and you know 
if we were on our drive, well, maybe there's something over in this area. Um, and I've seen them a couple of times. The first time I believe was in uh, Conception Bay South, which is pretty normal. There's a few um, ghost ships out in that area um, that used to just be passenger ships. So they would take people from like Portugal Cove and then they'd hop over to another little community and they'd hop over to another little community and then they'd go to another place and drop people off and then kind of do the tour back. Um, and one night, one of them caught fire and, uh, I believe they only lost one person out of the like 16 or 20 people who were on the boat total, um, which isn't bad. Um, but a lot of people do still claim to see lights, um, or see the ship on fire in the bay, um, especially close to when it actually sank, which was in September. Um, and they always say that it gets, you see them more when there's a storm about to happen. So, um, when we did see them, it was right before there was supposed to be, uh, a fairly big rainstorm. Um, they always call for thunder and lightning here and it almost never happens. So um, we can't really say that, that was going to be a thing, but the energy was high enough. Um, and we were out getting B-roll footage for one of my other documentaries um, and ended up not catching the lights on the B-roll, but did see them. And it, it just looks like lanterns out in the middle of the water. Um, now, which, how do you course, know, how do you know this isn't some great white shark putting little <laughs> beams on there looking for people that have gone overboard? <laughs> Well, I mean, it could be. There are sharks also in the water, so there is that. Um, but it, the way that you usually see them um, here is um, there are two, two ways that most people see lights in the water, and it's either on the surface, um, so it's either like surface level of the water or higher up, depending on if it was like in a boat or a ship or something, Um other ways that people have seen them is when they're on a boat and you look into the water and you see lights. Either way, do not follow the lights. Do not go after the lights. It doesn't mean good things. <laughs> okay, that's very interesting because I never knew this. Why do they say not to follow the lights or go after them? Uh, depending on which kind of tale of folklore you go through, um, there are a lot of stories of sirens and, um, so ship, you know, crew would talk about the sirens who would lead you into the water, um, which was usually to murder you. Um, so they would put lights into the water. Um, other people on the shore side of things used to say that if you saw as a civilian on the shore, you saw lights out over the water, but there wasn't actually any reason for there to be lights. It meant that one of your loved ones who was at sea had passed away. And it was almost like a sign that something had happened um, as a forewarning almost. So either way, they're an omen of something that is yet to come. Oh, my. I never knew that. <laughs> Sirens being like mermaids? Yeah. Yep. So Newfoundland yeah. has a mermaid history, too. Uh, the, it's so deep. Mermaids, pirates, buried treasure. It's It's thick with everything <laughs> wow now i don't know if you've investigated this or not but there are people in newfoundland who have reported 
over the years, you know, and this goes back a hundred years now, of seeing the Titanic sail by and other ships. I have. Have you heard I've heard the reports. Okay, tell us about that. Um a lot of the time it's just seeing the ship off the coast. Um we've actually driven out down to the lighthouse that received the transmission from the Titanic sinking. Um and it's eerie to be somebody who, you know, grew up watching the movie um, all eight hours of it, or at least what felt like eight hours of it, <laughs> and and doing the history um, thing that I do and looking into it and stuff and just finally standing in a place where you can look out over the ocean and say, it was there. It was right there in front of you. Um, I haven't personally seen it yet. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that maybe I'll be lucky enough. Um, but a lot of people have, and a lot of people have just said that, you know, it's, it, it's always quick. It's always just a flash. Um, and it's always peaceful, at least in the stories that I've heard. Um, you know, it's never anything frantic or it's not that it's actively sinking. I mean, you can't see from the coastline where it actually sank, but that was the path that it followed to get to where it was going. Um, so, yeah, it's it's always been a, a peaceful thing and just almost like a, a capture of time, I guess, is the, the best way to explain the it. The people who see this, have they ever tried to photograph it or it's just too fleeting? Not that I've heard. Um, I'm sure somebody out there probably tried to. And I feel like it's just so fleeting that most people don't register that they're seeing what they're seeing until it's over. Because, um, I mean, seeing a big steamer ship like that's pretty uncommon these days. I could just imagine what that would be like. I mean, we hear about the ghost ships of Halifax from when the harbor blew up in the 1800s and the way it is now. But, I mean, the Titanic still sailing for many people. I mean, that has to be eerie because your eyes are pretty much going to be like, am I seeing what I am seeing? Because it did have such a distinct look to it. Yeah. And... It's, I feel like here, especially, and in Nova Scotia, because, um, I mean, Nova Scotia has the museum, um, so they've got that whole history section of, you know, come in and stick your hand in a tank of water that was as cold as the water was when it sank and see how long you can last with your hand in it, um, and those kinds of things. So it, I can't even imagine what it would have been like. Yeah. Um, I did the Titanic tour at uh, the Luxor in Las Vegas about 10, 15 years ago now. And apparently, apparently, there's a ghost from the ship that now walks around that, that museum where all of these artifacts are. I mean, have you ever been to a museum out there and checked out the artifacts from the uh, Titanic just to see, you know, the energy or try and feel the energy of it. Um, I haven't been any to any of the Titanic ones, um, but just definitely museums in general are insane. If you own a small business, you know, the value of time, get refunds.com does too. That's why they've made it easy. No matter how busy you are to apply for the employee retention credit or ERC. 
Go to GetRefunds.com to get started. And in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. And they may be able to help your business too. There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated information, so don't let this opportunity pass you by, because this payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Get ready to kick back on the beach with CheapCaribbean.com. Cheap Caribbean has been providing next level, all-inclusive vacays to the Caribbean, Mexico, and Central America for over 21 years. All-inclusive means you get more food, more drinks, and more fun when you book with CheapCaribbean.com. Featured in publications like People, Forbes, Cosmo, and more, their beach and vacation packages are a great value with more bang for your beach vacay bucks. Say yes and to everything from snorkeling and margarita flights to DJ parties and bottomless nachos. At Cheap Caribbean, you can book your whole beach vacay in one place. Flights, resort stay, transfers, and excursions. There's less planning for a life-changing, unforgettable vacay. Instead of either or, get yes and more. Get more food, more drinks, and more fun for less money. And book your next all-inclusive vacay at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. Um, especially here when they do have things that are, you know, direct pieces. Um, there's a couple of dig sites out here on the Avalon where they're actually uncovering old parts of the communities um, and preserving them. So you can see old pottery shards and old um, clothing and tools and all of those kinds of things. And the, the energy that radiates off of them of just everyday items is so strong that I couldn't even imagine what it would be like with something like from the Titanic where they have an artifact from it that would be attached to something that was so traumatic. Believe it or not, here in BC, the Quinnell Museum, where Mandy the Haunted Doll is, actually has a corner of Titanic memorabilia. I don't know how they got it. I don't know how they got it. Middle of, I mean... It's not a special museum, no offense. <laughs> no, but it's not. Um, and I, God, the last time I was in it, I was maybe 14 years old. So, like, it's been a hot minute. Um, and I don't even remember. Like, I remember very few things about that museum except Mandy. Mandy's the only thing I remember about that museum. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, gee whiz. She was, all right, you have a bunch of stories to talk about fairies. Mm-hmm. You said there's a lot of fairies that are going on. We'll get to more ghost stories a little bit later on. But, I mean, tell us about the fairy folklore there. Um, the fairy folklore is thick um, in Newfoundland. Again, it's one of those things that came over um, with the Irish culture, um, more so the Irish than the Scottish, but the Irish culture brought it over. Um, and there's reports, um, you know, everybody thinks fairies are happy-go-lucky, um, you know, little 
people with wings who, you know, just want to make the world a better place and whatever. Um, when in reality for everybody here or, um, people in places like Ireland, that's not the case at all. Um, they're extremely mischievous, big tricksters. Um, there are places here on the Island where even people who have lived here their entire lives refuse to go because it is considered fairy territory and you do not step foot in that area. Um, there are people here who have literally lost days of their lives. Um, some people have lost years of their lives because they've been out in the woods and disappeared and nobody has known where they've gone. Um, so fairies are something here that are very respected. Um, there's signs up in certain places. Um, people tend to have fairy gardens a lot more. So you build and create a space for the fairies to live in your yard um, in order to kind of pay respect to them um, in trade-off for not terrorizing you. Um, you know, there are places that you don't go after dark because during the daylight, it's totally fine. Um, but if you go after dark, you're probably not going to come home. So it's a wicked thing. And the downside to it is that most people here will not talk about it. Really? Yeah. That fearful? That fearful. Um, it, it's... There, there are stable things that you do. So if you find yourself in fairy territory and you didn't know you were going there or you are purposely going to an area because you have to, that you know there are fairies, um, they, you know, there's turn your sock inside out on your foot, um, carry breadcrumbs in your pockets. Um, and, you know, if you hear your name being called in the bush, don't answer. Um, if you hear giggling or laughter, do not respond, turn around and walk back out the way that you came. Um, there are certain areas you don't stray off the path. Um, and it's, it's all just very much a, a sign of respect for them. Have you seen them? I have felt them. Um, I have definitely come across a couple of different areas where, you know, everything is all well and fine. And then you kind of get to a certain spot and it almost hits you like a wall. Like it's, it's, it's almost like a brick wall hitting you and you just kind of stop and you're like, I'm turning around now. <laughs> um, and you, you leave. Sometimes it's super subtle. Um, sometimes it's, you know, just a little fairy ring of mushrooms off to the edge of a path or, um, dead spaces of trees. Um, so you'll get like a circle of trees with nothing growing in the middle, um, and then you kind of, you kind of know that you're getting deeper into the, the fairy territory. Um, but I've definitely hightailed out of places very quickly <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I've felt the, at the energy where I live in, in hundred mile house, there is a large fairy folklore around here as well. And, really? and in my area, there are almost every property that is original here has fairy gardens. And hmm. I actually a couple of years ago it was a it was a nice warm summer night. I went outside and it was one of those, you know, 
where it's not getting dark until at least 10 p.m. And I actually went outside and and on my fence posts, which are about 8, 10 feet apart between my neighbor's house and I, on two of my posts, there were fairies sitting there. One was orange and one was orangish red, and they were both sitting on the pillars. And I'm looking at them because I know I don't have lights on them. And I know they're not UFOs. And I'm looking at them like, very cool. You know, I just started talking to them. Just kind of like, hey, hope you're having fun over there and leave them alone. Yep. Leave, leave them alone. My daughter, who, um, you know, when we first moved up here, she would actually go outside to meditate. And she would claim that the fairies would come and actually land on her and her legs and her arms. And they absolutely loved her. And, and it got to the point where they were keeping her up at night because they would come into her room at night. And they were so bright that even with her eyes closed, she would see the purples and the yellows and the pinks and the blues, greens, orange, red, white, you name it. It's yeah, it's pretty um, incredible. It's it's incredible. Um and the if you can find people who will tell you their stories, it's insane. Um and same same along the same lines either they saw lights um or they have actually seen little people. Um here it seems to be more so that they will actually see um you know small humans. Um, that, you know, are maybe less than a foot tall and they come and disappear and they show up in front of your face and then they're gone again and they, you know, do whatever they feel like. Um, most of the time here, it almost seems to be that they cause the, the time loss. Um, one of the more notable stories is about a couple of sisters who went out berry picking and, um, they went to go pick at their usual blueberry patch and they decided it was time to go home and only one of the sisters went home and they found the other one. She came home two days later and she thought it had only been 45 minutes. So it, it, it's insane how they either really like you or they just want to make your life crazy. <laughs> It really is. We got about 90 seconds before we have to go to break at the top of the hour. Amber Beckerwood is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Are the fairies seasonal or are they around all year? All year. Um, and they, they, I think they like the fact that winter happens um, because a lot of the places that they tend to frequent are not accessible. Um, so once the winter hits and the snow comes then they're not bothered as much but um, you know a lot of people have cabins out here and a lot of people go out on their four-wheelers and they go and uh, go hunting or they go out and just go for a ride um, in the summers and that tends to disrupt a lot of the nature in the area which seems to aggravate them a little bit more oh wow well, what would aggravate them? Like, if a person upset them, what would aggravate them? Honestly, I think it's just the noise. Like, I think, 
as much as Newfoundland is old, um, it's not very populated. So it, all of the towns you have to keep in mind are all mostly along the coastlines because um, it was all fishing um, and, you know, that was the economy here and still is partially. Um, so there weren't too many small communities that were inland um, for hundreds of years. And so once you start going in and, you know, taking that ride on the four wheeler to go into the bush, you're going inland, which is disturbing the the nature and the natural peace that I guess probably just existed for so long. And um, not everybody's. If you own a small business, you know the value of time. GetRefunds.com does too. That's why they've made it easy, no matter how busy you are, to apply for the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Go to GetRefunds.com to get started, and in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. And they may be able to help your business too. There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated information, so don't let this opportunity pass you by because this payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Get ready to kick back on the beach with CheapCaribbean.com. Cheap Caribbean has been providing next-level, all-inclusive vacays to the Caribbean, Mexico, and Central America for over 21 years. All-inclusive means you get more food, more drinks, and more fun when you book with CheapCaribbean.com. Featured in publications like People, Forbes, Cosmo, and more, their beach and vacation packages are a great value with more bang for your beach vacay bucks. Say yes and to everything from snorkeling and margarita flights to DJ parties and bottomless nachos. At Cheap Caribbean, you can book your whole beach vacay in one place. Flights, resort stay, transfers, and excursions. There's less planning for a life-changing, unforgettable vacay. Instead of either or, get yes and more. Get more food, more drinks, and more fun for less money. And book your next all-inclusive vacay at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. Smart in the bush, and, you know, not everybody's respectful. And True. I'd be mad, too. Well, let us continue this conversation with Amber Beckrood, Ghosts of Newfoundland tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Oh, yes, there's a few more spooky stories coming your way if you want a night of paranormal. We'll be right back with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio next. Exactly. Uh, Amber, I got to go check on my boy. I'm going to put you back in the green room. I'll be right back, okay? I'll be right back. Uh, it's just the boy and I tonight in studio. And, uh, well, he's not in studio. He's upstairs watching cartoons. So I'm just going to go check on him. I'll be right back, guys.
right. I am back. Little guy is doing good. Margo, how you doing? Who else has jumped on in here? <coughs> hmm. Cosmic GM, how you doing? Emmy Tong, good to have you back. Lauren, nice to see you again. Cosmic GM, we can see you. <coughs> Excuse me. I screwed up tonight, Amber. Why? Because I... Uh, The Vancouver Canucks alumni were playing in town, and I thought it was tomorrow night, and I was going to take my son, because I know a bunch of those guys. No, it was tonight. Oh, no. Thank, thank goodness I didn't tell him. <sighs> oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, Clam. Oh. Jeremy Jones, how you doing? Yeah. Father of the year right here. <laughs> I was going to introduce him to, to a bunch of uh, the players that I knew. But that's the important thing. You didn't tell him, so there's nothing to be no, disappointed about. I know. I know. It's horrible. <laughs> horrible. I don't know. Crap. Anyways, thank you, Pam H., Louis Times 2, Pam S., and Tim for the super chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do. On our show on a nightly basis, thank you so much. You can do some shopping at spacedoutradio.com. And don't forget, if you're going to Vegas, we need to get you locked up for your VIP passes. Go to spacedoutradionetwork at gmail.com. Email us. Check the ticker below. Here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. And on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America. Digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Zodori, Zodori is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. We're heading off to Newfoundland. Not Newfoundland, Newfoundland. Yeah, as Amber Beckerud is with us tonight, hanging out, talking about the ghosts of the rock. Yeah, it's a good one. We were talking fairies right beforehand. And Amber, welcome back. Thank you. Good to good have to be you. Back. Good to have you here. Now, you told us about the freakiness of the fairies and that people really, really are, are following them around. Uh, is there stories of little people there as well? 
Um, if there are, I haven't heard any. I would assume that there are. Um, that's the the fun and the hard part about Newfoundland is that it's like pulling teeth um, to try and get any stories, information, um, and to to find out anything um, weird, unusual, and different. Um, the the population is so aging um, at this point that the people who would be willing to maybe don't always remember their stories anymore. Um, and so you really have to rely on people who were able to write them down um, or were willing to share them and then have them written down beforehand. So uh, there is probably stories, but I haven't heard any yet. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You really kind of uh, freaked me out a little bit when you were dating about, you know, if you hear the voices within the forest, somebody calling you, don't follow it in. That actually happened to a buddy of mine, Mike, out here in the forest one night when he was hunting one evening. And he was on the by an old gravel pit, and he parked down at the bottom and started making his way back up the trail looking for grouse and rabbits. And he got about he got all the way to the top and then slowly started making his way back down. And about halfway down, he starts hearing my voice. Help me, Mike. Help me. I'm over here. Come in here. And he's like, Dave, I've never ran to my truck so fast in my life. I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about. What do you think happens if you follow that voice? Nothing good. <laughs> um, I. If you own a small business, you know the value of time. GetRefunds.com does too. That's why they've made it easy, no matter how busy you are, to apply for the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Go to GetRefunds.com to get started, and in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC, and they may be able to help your business too. There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated information, so don't let this opportunity pass you by. Because this payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Get ready to kick back on the beach with CheapCaribbean.com. Cheap Caribbean has been providing next level, all-inclusive vacays to the Caribbean, Mexico, and Central America for over 21 years. All-inclusive means you get more food, more drinks, and more fun when you book with CheapCaribbean.com. Featured in publications like People, Forbes, Cosmo, and more, their beach and vacation packages are a great value with more bang for your beach vacay bucks. Say yes and to everything from snorkeling and margarita flights to DJ parties and bottomless nachos. At Cheap Caribbean, you can book your whole beach vacay in one place. Flights, resort stay, transfers, and excursions. There's less planning for a life-changing, unforgettable vacay. Instead of either or, get yes and more. Get more food, more drinks, and more fun for less money. And book your next all-inclusive vacay at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. 
I've heard people talk about it. Um, and I, I saw somebody had commented uh, back when we were talking about it earlier that um, especially in BC and the Yukon Northwest Territories, um, I mean, all of Canada, really, the, there's deep First Nations culture and lore with that as well. Um, so, you know, not just the fairies that the, the Irish have talked about, but there's long standing history um, of other unknown entities um, who will, you know, call your name, use your own voice to lure you in, l- use the voice of somebody you care about or somebody you know. Um, so, and it, I don't know. <laughs> it's a hard one. Like, I just, I don't think anything good would come of that, really, at the end of the day. Like, why would something want to be luring you into the bush other than for sinister things? Do you think that they take you to some fairy realm or someplace like that in order to, you know, maybe lock you down for the remainder of life? Um, I don't, you know, I think in a lot of ways and from the, the stories that we, we have been able to find, um, about the people who have gone and, you know, visited the fairies, um, whether it's willingly or not, um, because there are some people who have gone willingly and been let go to come home. And, um, you know, I think it's a lot of the same lines of what we, here and what we talk about along you know alien abductions where you go and they they just want to learn they want to know about us as human beings and what you know what we do what we're all about um and i mean maybe they are just trying to play tricks on us you know (laughs) maybe they are just like yeah there isn't really any reason we're doing this it's just for fun but until somebody comes back with a a good solid story or evidence or you know, brings one back. I don't know if we'll ever know what their real true intentions are. Right. Right. Wow. That's, that's actually kind of, kind of eerie for you. You have checked out a lot of these old, uh, haunted towns, ghost towns around because Newfoundland is a dying population. I hate to say that it's kind of rude, but there's not a lot to do there. And a lot of young people, you know, much like Northern British Columbia or any Northern part of, of Canada, they try and get the hell out of Dodge as quickly as possible in order to actually enjoy life a little bit rather than staring at trees and, and darkness for six months out of the year. So for, for you in knowing that there are a lot of these old towns that are, that are out there, how, What's it like going into one of these ghost towns that is eerily silent? Um, surreal, I think, is the biggest thing that comes to mind. Um, we did an overnight investigation in one a uh, couple years ago for Halloween. That was kind of my, like, big Halloween um, thing was doing this investigation and the ghost town um, caught my eye because I mean, a lot of this, we say ghost towns here in Newfoundland, but a lot of them was simply that for the fact that the government couldn't keep them open and running because they had maybe like 10 or 12 um, people who still lived in them, but it wasn't worth the money that the government was paying to keep them there. So they would pay them to 
pick their house up and move it to another town nearby um, and just transport the populations. So these towns existed there at one point, um, but they just kind of picked up and moved and, you know, resettled somewhere else. Um, and that happened even as recently as a couple of years ago. Um, there was a town that got resettled because they only had three or four people living in it. And uh, they said, hey, we can't keep running a boat out to bring you guys back and forth to the mainland. So you got to go. Um, but this ghost town in particular, there's still a lot of mystery surrounding it. Um, it was a very small, isolated uh, town on the coast. And there's many stories um, that have kind of gone along with it over the years where they have talked about that the the people of the town would lure other ships in um, by planting lanterns along the coastline in the bay, draw them into the bay, and then they would attack the ships, take the provisions, um, and some stories even so far as saying that they became cannibals and would eat the people who were on the boats in order to leave no evidence. Um, and mysteriously one day uh, they there were reports that somebody in the town had heard screaming and wailing um, which they assumed was the spirits of all the people they had killed and all 50 of the people who lived in the town packed up and disappeared dinner like breakfast still on the tables fire still going um, everything all of them just packed up disappeared and there's stories that they resettled down in Boston. Um, and they just, they took one of the boats they had commandeered and everybody left because they couldn't live with the guilt anymore. Um, and that's one of the theories as to why there's so many Newfoundland um, genetics that show up down in the Boston area now. <laughs> Very weird. Didn't even yeah. know that. Didn't even know that. Yeah. Okay. So, so how many ghosts are walking around? Is is it unusual to go to one of these small towns that that is uh, you know empty and all of a sudden seeing spirits walking around? I'd say it's pretty common. Um, even the towns that are still lived in but not really inhabited, a lot of them now are just summer homes. Um, so you know they'll have people come back from Ontario during the summer and they'll spend their summers here. Um, so in the winter they're isolated and empty. Um, and I've seen people everywhere, um, which sounds normal, but I, I mean, I've seen ghosts everywhere here. Um, anywhere from being those towns that have no structures left in them to being towns that are still semi-populated. Um, and a lot of it here is just moments in time. Um, there doesn't seem to be any fear or um, resentment or, you know, those kinds of things that would necessarily tie a spirit to a place. Um, but it seems to just be those little glimpses of somebody's everyday life. That's what they did. Um, and you're just getting to see that quick little reel of them, you know, walking to church or gardening in their garden or, um, you know, working on their truck or just doing their own thing um, because it's where they were the happiest. And I think that's the biggest difference about the 
ghost life here um, versus somewhere like BC where I found everybody was very angry (laughs) in BC that I'd run into. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, Hey, you gotta, you gotta protect your, uh, your, uh, what what do you call it? Your, your ghosts, you know, you gotta protect your area wherever you are. And, you know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation. It, it really is a tough situation when you're dealing with them. How, how, how are the ghosts? Because people from Newfoundland, not, not only do most of them talk funny, but on the flip <laughs> side, because the accent is incredible, and I mean that with all due respect, but, I mean, the idea that um, the the people from Newfoundland are extremely kind, very nice humble type of people and is is that the way the ghosts seem to interact as well yeah um i mean obviously you're gonna have those bad apples everywhere um and i've never had a negative interaction per se um at least with anything that was just a regular kind of mingling spirit of course i've had some things that are just angry and they don't want you to be around but um that's also because they probably lived in silence and peace for so long and then all of a sudden here's me showing up being like i can see you and they're like no you can't (laughs) um so yeah they're it's it's a very kind population here living and dead Tell us some of your, tell us a couple of your, your favorite ghost stories from there. Ooh, um, that's a tough one. There's so many to choose from. I mean, I guess one of them isn't necessarily a ghost story, but it kind of is. Um, there's a church downtown that, um, is where they actually start the haunted hike here. So we do have a haunted hike that runs throughout the summer um, where they walk around and they tell you different stories um, that's put on by Dale Jarvis, who's one of the like biggest folklore um, people here on the island. Um, He's written a number of books and uh, he is a wealth of information. Um, And so he's put together this walk and they started off at this church um every time and the where it's situated it's partially built on a hill um and the cemetery part of it was down below the church which is further down the hill and for the longest time every time it would rain it would wash the bodies onto the street because it would just be torrential downpours and it would slowly start eroding the land the cemetery was built on um so eventually they had to wall it off um and even as recently as you know the early 2000s they were still having moments where the bricks in the wall that they had built would pop out and a bone would fall onto the sidewalk um and they've that same cemetery has had uh cases of missing gravestones Um, so they've had a gravestone that did exist, um, and they thought got stolen, um, and then mysteriously reappeared and then disappeared again. 
and reappeared again. And I think the last case was that it is now gone and they have no idea where it is. Um, but they have no explanation for it. My goodness. Does that <laughs> seem to happen often? Um, I think not really. More so here, it's just that cemeteries get forgotten about. Um, there's a couple of that I just learned about actually a couple days ago um, that exist. And they are these the pictures that you see of them are super gorgeous. It's almost very rainforest, like Stanley Park, like with the trees and the moss all around them. Um, but they're on a tiny little island that got resettled and all the graves got left behind. So there's just these, you know, random graves in the middle of the woods somewhere that you might stumble upon at some point. Um, so it's more so that things get forgotten here. What isn't seem to be forgotten is a lot of the legends that go along with Newfoundland, you know, in the, in the hauntings and, and like you mentioned with the fairies that it, that is taken very, very seriously. Are there other legends out there that are taken just as seriously there? Um, the lights is definitely a big one. Um, and the, the fairies is kind of, those are the, the, the two that kind of really stand out to a lot of people. Um, there tends to be a lot of poltergeist activity, um, here and on the East coast in general. Um, there's a lot of poltergeist stories that have come out of New Brunswick and Nova Scotia as well. Um, so that kind of seems to be the, the biggest contributing factors is either fairies or phantom lights, um, or they, they've got poltergeist activity like crazy here. And I, I don't. I haven't figured out why. <laughs> no, like what is going on with that? I don't know. Um, but it, it is very strange. And it's, you know, a lot of the stories are the, that it's poltergeist activity um, and, you know, terrorizing people that can't live in their houses anymore. Um, and, you know, to the point that people feel like they're going crazy until it happens to somebody that they know in the house. Um and there, I, I don't know what the common denominator is. And I don't know if it's just, um, you know, there's the theory that poltergeist activity is caused by us as humans um, because we're undergoing stress um, or high tra trauma experiences in our lives. So we are manifesting that, pol that energy as poltergeist activity in our homes. Um, which they also attribute to women who are going through puberty. Um, a lot of poltergeist activity, they're like, oh, it's, it's just puberty. Um, it's just the high emotions from going through the hormone changes. Um, and so I don't know if it's that because, I mean, you know, you have to think Newfoundland was Canada's Australia. And I, I'm, I don't know if you know what I mean by that. I, I don't um, even know what you mean by that. So I, Australia was the the island of thieves and criminals. Um, you know, anybody who from the UK who got tried just got shipped off to Australia, and that's kind of how Australia became its thing. Um, Newfoundland wasn't actually part of Canada until very recently. Um, so my wife's grandparents were actually born in the Newfoundland Republic. So it was its own country up until I think 1953. Um, 1949, 49. Thank you. 
close. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, they were born in the Newfoundland Republic. Um, so it was its own country um, where people who were escaping Ireland were running away from England, um, were trying to get away from things, or criminals that Canada didn't want anymore tossed you on the island and there you go. Um, so I think just the, the, the coupling of that and the traumatic histories of, you know, some people were fleeing their current situations. Um, and we had two or three fires that ran straight through St. John's within the matter of a few years. Um, so it's always been a very high energy and high trauma, um, place. So that could explain a lot of the poltergeist activity in the area. Wow. Have you had poltergeist activity around your home? Thank goodness, no. (laughs) This is the first home that we have ever lived in that has not been haunted. And I am absolutely here for it. (laughs) Excellent. 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 Do you get a lot of sailor ghosts walking around town? In the old sections, because I know in Newfoundland, they try, and if people haven't seen pictures of Newfoundland, it is gorgeous. And they really do try to keep the heritage of the old buildings going and the stories going from pubs that have been around for a hundred plus years to making sure that, you know, they have areas where all of the buildings and housing are painted in bright colors in order to cheer up from all the fog and 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 the weather and everything i mean so is there a lot of traditional ghosts that you have encountered um there are one of the biggest and most um well-known stories is about the headless captain um and he kind of wanders a, a specific area of downtown um looking for the love of his life as it always goes um but there, that's also a big part of it here is that it's so ingrained in pirate um, history and lore. And, you know, some of the most well-known pirates um, actually were here in Newfoundland and uh, spent time here and, you know, kept some of their riches here. So um, it, it's there's a lot of sailors, pirates, um, you know, stories of you know, cabin boys who got murdered to stay and protect the treasure. So they wander the coastlines, warding people away from it. And wow. there, there's a lot. Well, let's get into the treasures a little bit more when we return as we have Amber Road for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. Hey, she's tired. She's four and a half <laughs> hours ahead of where I am because they need that extra half hour in Newfoundland. Spaced Out Radio continues with Ghosts of Newfoundland with Amber Becker when we return on the Mighty SOR. Stay tuned. It's a gooder tonight. This is awesome. (coughs) Fantastic show, young lady. Oh, thanks. I do my best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, Lunar Tina. How are you? 
Where'd the cat go? Oh, there it is. Well, this is the other one. Oh, yeah. Hi, Maggie M10 <laughs> in Australia. This this is our other our other cat who, if you looked at them side by side, you would not tell apart. And that's a calm one. Uh, debatable. He's only just turning two in the next couple of weeks, and he's not calm. Mm. It's past his bedtime. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. Let's see. I ended up finding the uh, the roster to uh, the Canucks alumni game. And I got to tell you, I'm actually glad I didn't go. If that, really? If that's what they call the Canucks alumni game where there's like actual like six players there. And the rest are just like fill in D League celebrities. Yeah. Oh. No. No. Ayumi hey, doll, welcome back. How are you? You know, my grandpa used to be the assistant coach of the the Vancouver Canucks, like right when they first started. Oh really? Yeah. That's we cool. uh for the the longest time in my Parents, I don't. I think my dad still has it. I'm pretty sure he does. He's still a diehard Canucks fan. Um, but we've got a plaque from all the original Canucks. If you own a small business, you know the value of time. GetRefunds.com does too. That's why they've made it easy, no matter how busy you are, to apply for the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Go to GetRefunds.com to get started. And in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. And they may be able to help your business too. There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated information, so don't let this opportunity pass you by because this payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Get ready to kick back on the beach with CheapCaribbean.com. Cheap Caribbean has been providing next-level, all-inclusive vacays to the Caribbean, Mexico, and Central America for over 21 years. All-inclusive means you get more food, more drinks, and more fun when you book with CheapCaribbean.com. Featured in publications like People, Forbes, Cosmo, and more, their beach and vacation packages are a great value with more bang for your beach vacay bucks. Say yes and to everything from snorkeling and margarita flights to DJ parties and bottomless nachos. At Cheap Caribbean, you can book your whole beach vacay in one place. Flights, resort stay, transfers, and excursions. There's less planning for a life-changing, unforgettable vacay. Instead of either or, get yes and more. Get more food, more drinks, and more fun for less money. And book your next all-inclusive vacay at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. Members. Oh, very all cool. signed. Very cool. Be valuable. <laughs> I don't even want to know. (sighs) 
second expansion, Ron. Second. First was in 1970. Dave is the Rogi Vashon of late night radio. I am taking that as a major compliment. Uh, Sidney Crosby's from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Same as Nathan McKinnon. Look at you texting from your phone, watching that chat room. I'm trying. Good for you. Good for you. I do want to get into a little bit of cryptid talk here, too, because I know you love yeah, your Yeah, absolutely. I know you love your crippy tids. Hi, Pink Volo. <laughs> I'm an awesome history teacher. I try my best, Christopher. I try my best. <laughs> Mm, kitty. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised he isn't as ta- talking as much as he normally does. Usually, the last time I did this with you, I had to keep muting myself while everybody else was talking because he would just get right up into the mic and start screaming. He's being very That's well awesome. behaved tonight. That's awesome. I love it. Love it. <clears throat> All right, we got about uh, 45 seconds. And a big thank you to Pam H, Pam S, Louie times two, and Tim for the amazing super chats. We really do appreciate the love and support. Hi, Applesauce. How you doing? Bobo, how you doing, buddy? And let's see here. Reminder that you can do all your Spaced Out Radio shopping on our website, spacedoutradio.com. Got some cool stuff there. We do. I promise you. We do. And yeah, we got like 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Like more like five now. Here we go, everyone. (laughs) That's the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok 
at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Final half hour with our guest tonight, Amber Beckerud, Ghosts of Newfoundland. And Amber, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. It's been a pleasure to have you back on this show. Hey, thank you for having me back. Oh, of course. Of course. Anytime you want. Anytime. Now, I know we've been talking a lot about ghosts and fairies over the last hour and a bit, but I also know you have a giant love for cryptids. And even though on the rock there isn't, you know, outside of moose, there really isn't anything big there. But, I mean, when you go more inland, this is where we get into a lot of Bigfoot territory, a lot of Wendigo territory, a lot of Rougarou territory. In Quebec especially, which connects to Newfoundland, we've heard reports of all three creatures running around in the forest and in, in the Arctic tundra around there. Your thoughts on what's going on in the cryptid world over there? Um, I think... Now, I will say, I never thought that there was actually any reports of Bigfoot being here at all. Um until recently um it was really over the the mid pandemic um when i think everybody had more time on their hands to kind of talk about things that i really started seeing kind of posts about um you know there being talk of bigfoot here on the island and that actually surprised me i mean back home for me, that's normal. Um, you know, that's that's an everyday conversation that there's ads in the newspaper <laughs> saying, you know, if you see Bigfoot, call this phone number. Um, so it was really startling to me to see that there were actually reports here. Um, because for where I am on the island here, we're actually isolated from the main part of it. Um, so there's a land bridge that you have to cross to get from the Avalon to the central and Western part of the Island. And most things don't cross it. Um, there's no bears on the Avalon aside from apparently there are a couple at the dump, but I've never seen them. Um, and so, you know, we get moose, um, we get polar bears now because they're coming in on the ice. Um, but even that's been, kind of few and far between um and so there's just not a lot of talk about cryptids here and um i don't know why they have to be out there i mean they are everywhere else they are in labrador which is the mainland attached to quebec like you said um and so i just I don't know why I don't like, and I don't know if these people are just not seeing them. Um, and so they're kind of free to live their, you know, quiet, private little life um, in the forest here. Or if people just aren't registering that that's what they're seeing. Um, the only other cryptid that's really made kind of its, its head appearance here is um, they, there's been a lot of talks of a black Panther on the Island. Um, and I don't know how that would have gotten here, but strange i wouldn't expect that i mean i'm sorry you're having to deal with polar bears now i mean (laughs) i couldn't imagine what it would be like what it would be like uh having to all of a sudden you know deal with a 2000 pound bear i mean that's that's scary and you know i know in churchill manitoba where there's the largest concentration of polar bears, you know, in that town during 
times like Halloween, they have rules that you're not allowed to lock your doors in case polar bears come wandering around. People have to have a chance to escape in. Or during Halloween, children are not allowed to wear white costumes because they. what happens is all of the townspeople, and it's only a town of a couple hundred, but the townspeople will put up an armed uh, barrier around the town in case polar bears try to come in for the kids. They don't want uh, any children to be mistaken for baby polar bears. So, I mean, do you see that maybe now having to happen in Newfoundland as the polar bears move south? Um, not really. They've been pretty good about um, getting to them and getting them safely transported back to Labrador fairly quickly um, when they have been reported. Um, there's been a couple of times where it's been a little sketchy and you'll see the reports kind of pop up on Facebook that, you know, stay away from this area. Don't go outside. Don't go into the bush. Like if you were going to go out on your skidoo today, don't do it. Um, last week, I believe was kind of our bigger influx of them. Um, not here on the Avalon, but, um, close enough that, you know, if they just kind of like jumped into the water and did a little bit of a swim, they would be over here. Um, and one of them had two cubs with her. And so it's, it's starting to get a little sketchy. Um, last year we didn't have a lot of ice. There were virtually no icebergs that came in. Um, and so this year, I think we, we've gotten so much sea ice, um, just in the last couple of weeks that I think that's why we are seeing that influx of polar bears now coming down from Labrador and Quebec because they they have some transportation to actually get here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. But the fact is Labrador does have a lot of First Nations heritage. Yeah. And, you know, being so closely tied to Quebec, you know, I'm just wondering... I'm just wondering, really, what what's the story? If you've studied any of these cryptid creatures like the Rougarou or anything else from those northern reaches. I haven't um, really dove into it um, too, too much. Not necessarily for, like, Quebec, Labrador areas. Um, I find that the biggest struggle here is that Newfoundland has a very bloody history in terms of their First Nations past. Um, so Labrador kind of got to keep their, you know, own selves. Um, whereas the Bayatuck here in Newfoundland got completely wiped out. Um, and so there's no, there's nobody to kind of find those stories from, um, in terms of Newfoundland history. Um, there's no elders you can go talk to um, because there, there was nobody. Um, they're only finding people slowly because they're doing genetic testing now to say, oh, okay, you do have that heritage um, somewhere way back down in the line because somebody said, you know what, I'm going to opt for marrying the white guy um, instead of, you know, dying. And so that's been the hard part. Um, when I lived back home, it was a little bit easier to kind of study Northern things, but it was never anything like scary. Um, I think the scariest I got was like the woolly worm 
that was the big one when I was a kid. I was terrified of that thing, but it, it's it's not actually harmful <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. But it's just a giant woolly worm. Um, so it's definitely something that I've had my eye on that I actually want to kind of dive into more. And I'd love to get up to Labrador and actually see um, those spaces and those areas and be able to kind of follow through on the history of the places. I can see that as well. I, I would totally do that as well. You know, for you, I mean, you think about the ocean and we've talked a lot about the ocean and, and the treacherous areas that ships have had to pass through, you know, not only the icebergs that, can stand higher than a 40-story building, but the the amount of rocks and, and everything through the shallow passages that just rip the hulls right open. A lot of people claim that they see a lot of these ghost ships or, or even lighthouses that have been abandoned all of a sudden turning their lights on. Have you ever investigated any lighthouses? I would kill to investigate lighthouses. Um We've been in the area of a couple of the old ones that now are automated. Um, there is one that in particular I would love to get back out to. Um, there's a small graveyard for the daughter of the lighthouse keeper out there. Um, and I, I would love to be able to actually put some time into kind of digging into the history and doing an investigation out there. I think it would be so, so much fun. Um, and really getting into those, like the, the ghost ship and those kinds of things are, uh, have always fascinated me. Um, like you were saying earlier about the ones in Halifax and there's a couple of ghost ships that are seen off the coast of New Brunswick as well. Um, and you know, when I was a kid, like that was, that was my jam. <laughs> I, I loved ghost ships. So um, living somewhere now where they are pretty accessible to go and find has been awesome. See, I can totally see the ghost ships being awesome to see because they're way out there, you know, or, or you know, in Halifax where, you know, you got the ghost ships coming into the harbor that actually blew up when the town blew up right back in the 1800s. I mean, that would be cool. Because they're way out there once again. You know, how frequently, I, I know we already talked about it, but I forgot to ask you this question. How frequently are the ghost ships seen? Um, there are sightings even as recent as in the last couple of years. Um, it seems to be, again, surrounding, um, you know, times when, uh, maybe it's a significant event that was uh, corresponding to that ship. Um, or if there's a high energy burst. So um, I'm part of a couple of uh, paranormal and haunted groups here on the island. Um, and you'll always see an influx whenever there's like high energy in the area. People will be posting in there saying, oh, I saw this or I, I had this experience or what could this mean? Can anybody help me? Um, so I'm excited over the next couple of days with the Northern lights being so active. Um, and especially here, we don't see them. Um, 99% of the time when everybody's like, Oh, you'll see the Northern lights in Newfoundland. You won't. It's too cloudy and raining. <laughs> um, so last night was the first night since we moved four years ago, we've actually seen them here. 
And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people over the next couple of days feeling that energy shift and posting. The East Coast of Canada is very well known for UFO sightings. From the Shag Harbor incident in 1967 to people seeing lights off the coasts of all of the harbors from Newfoundland to PEI to New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, and all around. How prominent are UFO sightings in your area? Um, prominent enough. I haven't heard of too many. Um, I'm also part of a UFO group here. <laughs> and um, every once in a while, you'll see people posting in it, um, you know, that they've, that they've caught something on, a, on camera or a video um, or they have questions about something. Um, we seem to have gotten away with not seeing too, too many things over the whole time period of the, the balloons um, a few weeks back. But um, I think that it's seen quite often. But again, people tend to be very tight-lipped about their experiences unless you're really getting them talking about them. Really? Really? They'll, they'll accept ghosts, but the aliens just aren't allowed there. Uh, in some ways. In some ways, they're almost more likely to talk about the aliens than they are to talk about the ghosts. Um, and that makes me very confused. But <laughs> um, but I still don't see too much of it. And I don't know if it's just that people here also don't want to seem like they're crazy um, because there's that stigma as well already with, you know, it's hard to understand people who talk in Newfoundland and it's hard to, um, you know, keep up with them because they drink so much and all of those other stereotypes that they probably just don't want to tack on the, Hey, we've seen a ton of aliens. <laughs> I bet. I bet. So are, being a part of that UFO group, are people getting abducted there? Not that I've seen, actually. Um, and I don't know if it's just that I haven't seen that post. Um, but I I haven't seen anybody talking about abductions. Just a lot of um, seeing, you know, UFOs and um, seeing weird lights in the sky and that kind of thing. I haven't, haven't heard too many, if any, stories that I can recall that are actual abductions. Well, that sucks. You're getting no lights in the sky. The aliens aren't coming around. The moose are getting pushed off by the polar bears. And the ghost ships haven't come around in two years. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, feel, I feel like it fluctuates here in a lot of ways. Um, which sounds strange, but I it does seem to kind of fluctuate in experiences and happenings and... Um, I feel like over the pandemic as well, with people being out and about, um, things really happened. You know, 2020, there was always stories. There was always, oh, this happened to me while I was out walking here. Or has anybody had experiences here? Um, and that kind of thing. And they, ever since everything kind of smoothed out, everybody's kind of quieted down again. And they, they're not talking about it anymore. The taboo subject of aliens. Yep. No way. No way. Well, you know, we got about seven minutes left here on Spaced Out Radio with you, Amber. And the the idea that that 
UFO sucks over there. I mean, <laughs> go, let's go back to the paranormal. You have, I, and I've seen through your videos and, and your photos that you have there, that you have taken a number of, of ghost walks through your communities and everything. Is it more, are the spirits there more male-dominated than female-dominated? Um, typically, yes. Um, there's very few and far between, uh, stories about any female related ghosts. Um, and I think that it's just so much that it was so heavily a male population for so long. Um, especially when towns were first being settled because they were coming over and they were doing their jobs and they were fishing and they were doing all of these things. And they were making trips back and forth multiple times before they would bring their family over. Um, and so I, it did start off as a very male-dominated place. Um, and then eventually, you know, s- towns grew and city grew and all of those kinds of things. So most of the stories you do hear are that. Um, and... Or, you know, if there is a woman involved, it's because she saw the ghost of her dead son coming back from the ocean. If you own a small business, you know the value of time. GetRefunds.com does too. That's why they've made it easy, no matter how busy you are, to apply for the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Go to GetRefunds.com to get started, and in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. And they may be able to help your business too. There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated information, so don't let this opportunity pass you by because this payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Get ready to kick back on the beach with CheapCaribbean.com. Cheap Caribbean has been providing next level, all-inclusive vacays to the Caribbean, Mexico, and Central America for over 21 years. All-inclusive means you get more food, more drinks, and more fun when you book with CheapCaribbean.com. Featured in publications like People, Forbes, Cosmo, and more, their beach and vacation packages are a great value with more bang for your beach vacay bucks. Say yes and to everything from snorkeling and margarita flights to DJ parties and bottomless nachos. At Cheap Caribbean, you can book your whole beach vacay in one place. Flights, resort stay, transfers, and excursions. There's less planning for a life-changing, unforgettable vacay. Instead of either or, get yes and more. Get more food, more drinks, and more fun for less money. And book your next all-inclusive vacay at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. After he had passed away, but she didn't know yet, um, or that kind of thing. So... It seems to be that it's very male dominated in the sense of the ghosts. And then it's very female dominated in the sense of the experiences. Um, It seems to be that women are more likely to talk about their paranormal experiences here than men are. Well, that leads to my next question in regards to a lot of different legends and folklore that take place there. When people go visit 
Newfoundland? What should they be aware for? Um, I think if you're extra sensitive, um, like me, <laughs> and you are very aware of energies and um, the way that they inhabit a space, um, be prepared, especially if you're in St. John's. It's the oldest city in Canada. Um, and the first time I came here back in 2018, it was the oldest city I had ever been in. And we decided to go downtown to go watch a drag show. And uh, I almost passed out in the bar because the amount of energy of the place had just hit me. Um, and I actually got like really sick. I had a migraine that night. And I was actually genuinely worried that I was like, am I going to survive if I actually move here? Um, because there's just so much and you can feel the electricity in the air. Um, and th that is definitely the biggest thing. If you feel energy that well and you can sense things that well, be prepared to either have trained yourself to turn that off when you show up. Um, or know that you're going to be bombarded with it really easily. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can totally see that. And, you know, I mean, but that's got to be a paranormal enthusiast dream, though, to actually have that happen, where you're, you're walking through an older area and having that insta communication. It's been an entirely different experience from the Yukon. Um, and... I'm still pushing a few people. I'm sure you're going to be watching this at some point uh, <laughs> to come and visit because I would love to have you here and actually do um, some investigations because it is so, so different than even doing BC and the gold mines and, um, you know, those kinds of things. There, It's just a whole, whole different level of investigating here. Do the ghosts recognize the investigation? Um, there's a couple that we've dealt with, um, out at Cape Spear, which is the most easternly point in North America, um, which also used to be an old army bunker, um, and kind of stationed during the war. And, uh, there's a, the, one of the ghosts out there has fairly intelligently communicated to us when we've been out there and will answer questions, um, has communicated, you know, their name through the spirit box has called us by name over the spirit box, um, and that's over multiple investigations of returning back and being called by name. Um, and I took my dad there last summer when he came to visit and even he was getting responses as well when he was asking questions. Um, so they, a lot of them are very, um, aware of what's going on. Well, that's kind of cool. We have just under two minutes to go here and it has been an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show. It's been way too long. It really has. But I'm, I was so excited when you said, yeah, I'll come back on because I was like, finally, finally. <laughs> Amber's coming back home. She's coming back home. It's a I'm home, here. It's a homecoming, so to speak. But do me a favor. Tell everybody where they can find your YouTube channel where you got a lot of stuff up or your social media pages where they can learn more about you and the hauntings that you're seeking. Uh, you can find me on all social media and it's all the same, which made it super simple for me. Uh, so it's Amber Beckrude, which is B-E-K-K-E-R-U-D. 
Um, and if you get super lost through there, if you just search cryptid tales and spaced out radio, you'll still find me. Um, then all those videos are still there. And it's the same across all social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. I'm here. Yeah, it, it's wonderful. And, and I love your storytelling and, and the way you do it. It's just, it's so accurate. And so just on point, it just makes world go good. I'm going to let you uh, go get some sleep here because you are pretty, pretty tired. I mean, it's, it's three it's 30, 30. It's 3.30 in the morning where you are. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you. The cats want to go to bed, Amber. <laughs> they want to go to bed. Yeah. Take the cats to bed. Oh. Appreciate you, Amber. Yes. Thank you so, so much. Coming up Thank next. Thank you for having me back. Oh, uh, anytime. Coming up next on Spaced Out Radio. Yes, it's that time of the night where we are going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller will take us on another spooky journey to kick off the third hour of this show as he does every Monday through Friday night. Then, little Timmy Senor will be here for the UFO report. Lots of interesting news to talk about as we look to the sky for what's happening around the world. Spaced Out Radio is hour number three, coming up next. Stay tuned. Great show, Amber. Great show. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you again, oh. my dear. It was good catching no up. No worries. It was very good catching up. You go enjoy your snowstorm. Oh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I've been watching all night. We're supposed to be getting 45 to 50 centimeters by Ew. tomorrow night. Ew. So. <clears throat> Melt. I'm not going anywhere. Melt is on here, just so you know. I could see pavement in our driveway yesterday. Mm. <laughs> so. My front yard has no snow. My backyard still has two and a half feet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Craziness. Craziness. Enjoy your night. Go get some sleep, dear. You too. Good night. Bye, everybody. <laughs> I love her. Amber Beckerud, I absolutely love her. And, uh, yeah, I'll be right back. I got to go check on my son, and uh, we'll be right back, guys.
I am back. Philip, it doesn't matter. We're not asking. It's nobody's business. All right, little Timmy Senor. We're almost ready for you. Uh, Lucy, some of us got the aliens. Do you have the aliens? All right, let's put these back on. And... And... We have 10 seconds. Thank you to Pam H., Pam S., Louie times two and Tim for the super chats. And here we go with the third hour. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Zetoary, Zetoary is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is that time of the night where we enter the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller is going to take us on another spooky jersey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. I've always enjoyed hiking and exploring the outdoors. But today's adventure in the woods is a nightmare that I'll never forget. Now, I had been wandering for hours in the woods like I typically do on the weekends. But I guess I had somehow lost all sense of direction after a while. Probably because I was so enthralled in the podcast I was listening to. Yet, every step takes me deeper into the forest. As I trudge on, my anxiety grows with each passing minute. The trees lower above me like dark sentinels, their branches twisted and gnarled, reaching out to grab me. 
The silence is oppressive, broken only by the occasional rustle of leaves or the snap of twig underfoot. Suddenly, a putrid smell assaults my nostrils. It's a sickly sweet odor mixed with something rotten and decaying. My mind begins to race as I try to pinpoint the source of the stench. I'm almost afraid to move, fearful of what I might find. But obviously, I can't stay still forever. I take a tentative step forward, the leaves crunching loudly beneath my feet. The smell grows more potent, more intense. My stomach churns and bile rises in my throat. I feel like I'm about to hurl, but then I see it. A, a dead animal lies just ahead. It's, it's bloated body swarming with flies. The sight and smell are overpowering, and I must cover my mouth and nose to keep from gagging. I turn away, but there's no escape. The scent lingers, clinging to my clothes, the air, and even my skin. I stumble forward, desperate to distance myself from the rotting corpse, but the smell seems to follow me, like a malignant presence. I can't shake it off. Finally, panic sets in and I run blindly through the forest. The trees blur past me, the ground uneven beneath my feet. I can hear my heart pounding in my ears. Something just feels wrong. I'm not even sure why I'm freaking out, it's just a dead animal after all. But there was just this overwhelming feeling that came over me the moment I saw that body. I just felt like, I shouldn't be seeing this. At this point, I am hopelessly lost with no idea how to find my way back. And still, the smell persists. It's everywhere, surrounding me, suffocating me, I feel like I'm drowning in it. As I run, I catch glimpses of other dead animals scattered throughout the woods. Now, that feeling I felt earlier is starting to make sense and clicking in my head all at once. Some of these animals are bloated and putrid like the first, while others are a little more than skeletons picked clean by scavengers. The smell grows stronger with each passing moment until all I can think about is that nauseating stench. I don't know how much longer I can keep going. My legs, they're, they're feeling like lead, my lungs are burning with exertion. But... I know in my heart that I cannot stop, not when this smell is so overpowering. It's like a beacon, leading me deeper and deeper into the woods to my own demise. And that's when I hear it. This low growling noise coming from somewhere just ahead of me. It's a sound that will forever send shivers down my spine. It makes the hair on the back of my neck stand on end. I know, deep down, that it is not an animal. It's definitely not anything that I want to meet, but I can't turn back now. I'm trapped in this nightmare with no escape, so all I can do is keep running and hoping to find my way out of this nightmare. I keep on going, and I never actually see where this, this creature is, this person, or whatever could possibly be looking out here in this graveyard, I guess. But I just kept running, legs burning, feet hurting, lungs on fire, I honestly thought I was going to collapse and pass out at any moment, and just when I was about to give up and lay down and die, I break the bushes, and there I am, back into a clearing, a road just ahead of me, and there's civilization once more. I don't know how to explain what I went through. I don't even know what the heck was going on out there. I do plan on probably going back sometime soon to see if we can find these bodies, get some video evidence, and see if maybe anybody local has any idea as to what the heck is going on here. And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here, taking us on another spooky journey every Monday through Friday night to kick off hour number three. 
Yeah, if you love his stories, you can go listen to thousands more just like that. Head on over to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and get your fill tonight. From the swamp to the stars, it is that time once again where we bring in little Timmy Senor, our resident Timbit, for the UFO Report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Here we go, Timmy. Another great UFO report coming on the heels of a controversial one where not a lot of people were liking what I was saying about the New York Post the report the other day about throwing ufology under the bus, man. Yeah, I mean, not everyone's going to like everything that people have to say on this topic. It's pretty controversial. And anytime you read something that's inflammatory like that, it's going to get opinions of all different sizes. But I think it's important to note that, you know, even though you did have an opinion on it, you agreed with, with, I would say, 99%, if not all of what was in that article itself. I think that's pretty important to highlight. And, um, you know, you may not agree with the delivery, but I think, you know, that information is important. And um, I definitely feel like it needs to be brought to our attention. It's just, um, you know, sometimes personalities collide. It can even just be that. And sometimes wording rubs people the wrong way and triggers per people certain ways. And then um, you find yourself under fire on Twitter, you know, for, for uh, a personality conflict potentially. But um, what I love to highlight is that it's this time that we're getting all this heat, you know, from all different sides, all of these opinions. I think it's personally great. Like, I love it, but it's so hard to not bite the hand that's feeding us all of these videos because, you know, it's, it's great to get the information, but then you're like, oh, but I'm not sure, you know, is this just another rocket? Am I? If you own a small business, you know the value of time. GetRefunds.com does too. That's why they've made it easy, no matter how busy you are, to apply for the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Go to GetRefunds.com to get started. And in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. And they may be able to help your business too. There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated information, so don't let this opportunity pass you by, because this payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. 
Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern shipbuilding.com looking at a, a drone you know and so you're like oh, i don't want to bite the hand that feeds me this information but at the same rate i am skeptical and so look where I, do you go i have uh zero problem with anybody being skeptical okay i i do and one of the points that came out in that a lot of people on twitter were not liking what i was saying was where I said, I'm sick and tired of people asking for proof. Now, I need to clarify that a little bit. Because I don't know what proof is anymore, Tim. If we get videos, they immediately get shot down. If we provide photographs, those are shot down. If we provide professional sky watchers, like pilots are, we shoot them down, no pun intended, especially to those in the military. Okay, so if we're not believing anybody or I have to provide my report to someone who I don't know or who doesn't believe the people that I have verified my information with, how are we ever going to get ahead when we keep shooting things down? This is why I am very pro-experiencer. Not just because I'm an experiencer myself, but because these are the people who have nothing to gain. They just want the majority of them. Now, there are some charlatans out there who are looking to make a quick buck and get 10, 15 minutes of fame. But for the majority of the experiencers out there, they never ask for this. They just want some serious answers as to where we're going. And right. it's hard to find those answers when you look at the current state of ufology where there is no disclosure. All we have is this giant government narrative that is tearing this field apart. And I just wanted to clarify that. I like yeah. proof. I'm not saying I don't like proof. I just don't know what proof is anymore because of the way we've been played. Right. Right. Proof, quote unquote, is so elusive. And to attach something like that, which would be acceptable to everyone, one piece of information or data that's acceptable to everyone as proof is extremely elusive, especially when it comes to this sort of topic, which is so uh, just ethereal, I guess, is one way to, to put it. It's just very much um, not a nuts and bolts thing necessarily. Um, but I can say, so I come to you as somebody that saw something with my family that was bizarre. I photographed it. And we had photographs that depicted the event perfectly. And we all shared the same story. And individually, when we were interviewed, we said the same things and described the same stuff. To us, we didn't know what we were seeing. We, we didn't jump to alien or UFO immediately. We thought, 
you know, it could be something of ours in test over Seattle, Washington, potentially, but whatever. We still needed more proof, if you will, to our own sighting, which I think grants the possibility that even to people that believe we're all looking for that proof. And I think we may never get it. I mean, unless you come up and shake hands with somebody that's like, I'm from here and there's my craft, you know, it's going to be pretty tough to prove this. And so it's super elusive, even to people that believe in this, such as myself, I believe it's possible, you know, that um, we saw something otherworldly, but I, I I also accept that it's possible that I saw something that was ours that was somehow being tested or, and I say ours meaning human, you know, so that is a tough one. It I is. think we all are it looking is. for, but you know, I, I, I am going to gripe a little bit about one of the comments that was made because there was someone making fun about somebody who's very important to me. And that's Samantha Mowat because this person chooses not to believe Samantha Mowat because she is far out there that immediately my experiences with her should be discredited, right? Because this person chooses not to believe her stories or what she has learned. And this is where I get a little upset sometimes because we have people barking for proof. And this adds to the proof part. If you're not going to like someone, that's fine. If you don't want to believe someone, that is fine. But opinion is not proof. Opinion has never been proof. And if you are basing your research on your opinion, you're no better than the people out there who are having anecdotal stories, which are way more believable than someone's opinion. And to put someone down that you don't know, that you don't know what type of person she is, what type of mother she is, what type of friend she is, what she's experienced in her life, I'm very protective of that, especially with her, because she is a family friend, okay? And it, it just really shows a lot of ignorance that is in within this community, and, and I'm sure those people are listening. I'm sure they are. I don't care. Right? Yeah. And and to be quite honest, I don't hold myself under any kind of fire for believing the lies that I've been told. Like, they're very convincing. And it's been for a long time. And, And the fact is that you can even show me something and convince me potentially that I'm seeing something else than what it actually is. And so I find that that is kind of in this dance that we're doing where the witnesses are even being misled away from their reality, you know, because of the pressure that there is by the stigma and the just the fact that it is a really big stretch to say that they're coming here from all the way there. And actually tonight, two of my stories are about breakthroughs, about the facts that it looks like we are going to be able to get to them sooner than we thought. We're getting some breakthroughs in science that show that 
being far away isn't necessarily a deal breaker when it comes to visitation. So, you know, that box is still yet to be opened, that Pandora's box. I, you know, I really feel like it's yet to be opened. Yeah. And so I agree with you that, you know, it's tough for witnesses um, in this because there's so much spin and you don't know what is real and what isn't. And there are tons of lies and deceivers and charlatans that are out for dollars or um, even politicians that are taking this and um, polarizing it to um, move dollars around. Uh, so I think it's really tough. And I can understand yeah. that people get a little pissed off with those lies. But you know what, Tim? The other point, and you made this a little bit earlier, you can tell they're not listening to this show. They're just trying for aha, katcha moments. Remember, I've warned about that. Because if anybody was actually listening to the last few months of what we have talked about on the UFO report, we have come out point blank with great information. Okay? Regarding how there is a narrative being played out. We we have shown through different stories and, and different people's actions how UAP may not necessarily mean a UFO. That UAP means man-made. We yeah. have shown through the narrative that is being run with proof, like Enigma Labs, that there is no such thing as disclosure. That There's confirmation. And the people who are trying to railroad a message over an article in the New York Post, well, there is a difference between making things personal and talking about it on a business commentary, which was what we were doing. Okay? I don't take anything personal. I should say that. I do. Okay? But there's a big difference between the people who wrote that article and the business of what the article was saying. Humans are humans. I like those humans. Just like I like most of the people in ufology. But when I'm talking about it, I'm talking about business here, not personal. And everybody wants to make things personal. So what I did to respond to these people, a few of them, I said, I don't do Twitter wars. I don't. If you would like to talk to me, I'll DM you my phone number. Not a single person has asked for my phone number. Yeah, and Dave, we make it a point to cover both sides of this. Um, uh, we don't favor anyone here. If there's a story, we cover it no matter who's writing it. And a lot of good information comes from all of these sources that we get. And we have commentary on all of that. But I think that it's so important to highlight the fact that it's so hard to pick and choose our sources nowadays. So we have to cover it all. We have to discuss it all. And honestly, it's really hard to stay right down the middle. It really is. True. Especially when, especially when you've um, maybe put some heart and mental investment in something like Galileo Project. Mm -hmm. And then it does something that makes you go, oh, right? Or perhaps you're into a little group um, such as my own little organization, and you're like, oh, that's nothing. And then suddenly we're going to be like, oh, 
right? And so that's why this is that fun roller coaster. Um, but, you know, along the way, everyone that's playing this personally, got to love them. Got to love them because their heart and soul is in it. And um, sometimes our passion gets, you know, the best of us. And, Very true. Hey, honestly, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. You just got to keep it civil. And remember, we're here with lots of peace and love. And we all want the same exact thing, which is the truth. Right? Whatever that is, we want that. So um, I think we can agree on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, I'll take the final word on this Please. one. Okay. And that is over time, as I have personally learned about this subject, you have to be able to say when you're wrong. Okay. And there's been many times where I have been wrong. Okay. And there are times when I've been right, right from the beginning, like the To the Stars Academy. And I don't hold that against anybody. I'm not sitting there, yeah, well, I was right. Yeah, well, I was right. No. It's about performing the best that we can with the information we have. And the other thing, too, a lot of our critics will say is, is well, you guys, you, you don't do a lot of hard news. Well, we're, I'm, we're not a news show. We're an entertainment show, bringing the stories of people's experiences to light. And yes, then the argument, well, you don't verify them. Well, we do our best. How do you verify someone's experience? You just have to trust, and I would say 99% of the time we're right on it, you have to trust what you're learning. And there's a lot of people out there who are virgins to this topic and just want to know. They want to know what it's like to see a UFO or to come face-to-face with a Bigfoot in the forest or to live in a haunted house. We bring those stories. But for some reason, the UFO Academy of Fine Arts out there, they don't seem to be able to understand that there is a big difference between bringing news and bringing entertainment. The show is entertainment. What you and I do, Tim, is news. That's why it's called the UFO Report. We're going to get to Tim's stories when we return on Spaced Out Radio. Propulsion systems. Can we get to the stars? We'll find out next on the UFO Report as we bring you the news of ufology. Next on Spaced Out Radio. All right, we're clear. Good show tonight, bud. What a great guest you had on. You know, I wasn't going to bring that up. I wasn't going to bring that up, but I just figured, you know what? I have some things to say. Yeah, get it off and, your chest. And I don't do aha, gotcha moments. Or you try did to, one with me because I didn't know we were going <laughs> to No, but I don't, or I'm, I'm not trying to pin down people. Look, yeah. I, I don't care if it's Green Street or Steve Cambion, or Rich Giordano, or anybody, Joe Mergia, okay, Chris Wolford, or anybody of that ilk. I don't bet against anybody. We all need to succeed with the information. But if you haven't figured out this show yet in what we do on a nightly basis, then you're not listening. You're not listening. And if you're one of those hardcores, I need proof people, we're not the show for you. 
We're going to bring it to you at the UFO Report. And sometimes, once in a while, we'll bring on a guest where we can go hardcore with that. If there is breaking news, which we have over time canceled guests to bring in panels to discuss the news that is seriously needing to be talked about at that moment. But for the most part, we're here because people want to hear spooky stories. We are here because all day, every day, these great listeners of ours and our great subscribers on podcasts, on YouTube, or Twitch, or wherever, okay, they get bombarded with hardcore news and social media bullshit all day long from the time they wake up until the time they tune us in. And we allow those people an escape, like the great people in our chat room, we allow them the escape to forget about what's happening. And if the UFO world can't see that, I'm not apologizing for it. Okay? We are entertainment during the first two hours of the show, 95% of the time. I just don't know. I don't understand why it's that hard to get. And trust me, dude, I take a lot of crap, you know, and a lot of people, you know, I, I shouldn't say I take a lot of crap. I take some crap over it. It's because people don't understand. And you try and explain to them, well, they don't understand because they never worked in media. Yeah, this is a fun show. Exactly. And, you know, like like River Dogma says here, no proof needed. I saw what I saw. He gets it. Who? But, Tim, who am I or who is anybody in the UFO community to go to River Dogma or yourself, your entire family, or the people I have eyewitnessed things with to say, no, you didn't see that. No, that didn't yeah. happen. You saw moths. You saw swamp gas. Who are you to say that? Like one guy on Twitter today, I said, oh, I didn't know you were hiding in the forest with Samantha and I. Which tree were you behind? Were you there? Because I didn't see you. You must be sneaky. You know, I didn't even ask him if he knew where Mission British Columbia was. Right? But I mean... Why are we trying to cut everybody's heads off? Doesn't make sense. And I'm not backpedaling off of what I said about Green Street's article. I don't back off on that at all. I like Steve. I do. I like everybody in this field. But at times, if you can't take the criticism, where my show is, you're allowed to criticize my show for being entertainment? But I'm not allowed to criticize your article? Uh, no. No. Center ice. Anyways, I'm done. I'm done. I think it's laughable. How long do you have till we're done with break? 30 seconds. Oh, okay. Why do you have I to- have a story for you. Uh, fill me in in overtime. I don't know if Random Guy is going to be joining us tonight. Not sure. 
Okay. Well, I'll stick around for at least a little bit. My son turns 11 tomorrow, so uh, I have to set up the surprise for him. So he comes down to an explosive, like, eye-popping morning. Nice. All right. Yeah. I set up surprises. You do that. You do that. All right, buddy. Here we go. Five seconds. We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Space Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with the UFO report. Here's little Timmy Sinor. We're going to start off with revolutionary propulsion systems, Tim. What do you got going on here? Oh, you put your microphone on mute, Tim. Oh, yeah. Reaching for the stars, revolutionary propulsion systems could potentially take us to interstellar space in record time. And so imagine reaching the outer realms of our solar system in under five years with a heavy spacecraft. A revolutionary propulsion system could make a dream like this a reality. And so we are going to talk about this cutting edge technology that could discover ways to explore the cosmos and bring the interstellar travel to a human lifetime. And so it is called... If you own a small business, you know the value of time. GetRefunds.com does too. That's why they've made it easy, no matter how busy you are, to apply for the Employee Retention Credit, or ERC. Go to GetRefunds.com to get started. And in less than eight minutes, see if your business qualifies for ERC assistance. Your business may be eligible for a payroll tax refund of up to $26,000 per employee kept on payroll during COVID-19. GetRefunds.com has already helped clients claim over $3 billion in payroll tax refunds through the ERC. And they may be able to help your business too. There's no upfront charge either. They don't get paid until your business gets its refund. Many businesses believe they won't qualify based off incomplete or outdated information, so don't let this opportunity pass you by, because this payroll tax refund is only available for a limited time. Go to GetRefunds.com. That's GetRefunds.com. Enterprise is ready when you are. For all the, are we there yet? And look at that. The anticipation and conversations in a vehicle that came from Enterprise. With the peace of mind of our complete clean pledge, curbside rentals, and low-touch transactions. Plus so many vehicles of all kinds. So you can relax and focus on the moment. All of them. Enterprise, connecting you to all the places you love. Pellet beam propulsion. Considered the next frontier, a cutting-edge propulsion propulsion system now called the pellet beam propulsion could potentially send 
a heavy spacecraft beyond our solar system in less than five years, a journey that took Voyager 1 probe 35 years to complete. And so although concept currently exists only on paper, it has garnered attention and a $175,000 NASA grant for further development. And so interstellar travel within a human lifetime is now a possibility, and the innovation pellet beam propulsion has captured the interest of researchers due to its potential to reach interstellar space within the human lifetime. And so traditional chemical-fueled rockets are unable to achieve this feat, especially with larger crafts. Arthur Davin, I'm sorry, Dav Oyan, Davian, there it is, Arthur Davian, an aerospace engineer from the University of California, Los Angeles, and the lead researcher behind the proposal explains this new propulsion architecture could rapidly transport heavy payloads across the solar system and into interstellar space. And so inspiration from the Breakthrough Starshot Initiative has the pellet beam concept taking the inspiration from the Breakthrough Starshot Initiative, which aims to develop a light sail propulsion system. And so this system would use millions of lasers to propel a tiny probe to the neighboring Proxima Centauri within just 20 years. Moving beyond the small probes, the pellet beam propulsion system moves the small probes by considering how to transport the larger objects, essential for future exploration or colonization efforts outside our solar system. So the conceptual propulsion system involves two spacecraft, one traveling to interstellar space and the other just orbiting Earth. And so we can get into how it works, but I can tell you the concept is there and it looks like it's possible. And so now with NASA investing, maybe they are going to incorporate that within the next five to seven years. It's an interesting thought, Dave. It is an interesting thought. And you know what? We're going to have to take these concepts a little further, the further we want to go into space. I was watching Elon Musk talk about his giant space rocket that he wants to eventually send to the moon. And there's only a six-month window every two years where you can actually launch those rockets. Look, if we want to expand, we have to push the technology. We absolutely have to. You know, the issue that I could see a lot of humanity having is what is this going to do to the climate change? Now, I'm not a big climate change proponent, okay, for various reasons, and that's a political side that we don't really get into on this show. But if we're going to push those levels to making transit to the moon better, we're going to have to push harder on what we're going to do with rockets and eventually just instead of rockets, craft that could take off like a 747 and just head right into space from there. I mean, are we close to that? Maybe at Area 51 we are, but I don't know. Your thoughts, Tim? Well, it's definitely interesting. And this concept is incredible. Um, the idea is to superheat laser, like particles within a laser, <clears throat> and then shoot within that laser yourself as a particle. And some of these particles are, well, they're calling them pellets, um, can reach speeds of 120 kilometers per second or 70 miles per second and either impact the sail of an interstellar spacecraft or repel a magnet with it. 
So propelling the spacecraft to high speeds and allowing it to exit our heliosphere. Um, So it's kind of interesting thinking that you can fire yourself down a laser beam. That's conceptually what it is sounding like. Um, And so it's, uh, they call it pellet beam propulsion. And so you're absolutely right. We need to think outside of the box. Um, But the fact is that we're already using lasers for so many things. Um, Doesn't surprise me to see that we're considering firing um, things within the laser to reach speeds that we normally wouldn't be able to achieve with traditional methods. And we definitely can't expect fossil fuels to get us outside of our heliosphere, especially. No, we're going to have to push harder than that. That is for sure. All right, Tim, let's move on. In the meantime, scientists are preparing to create a traversable quantum wormhole. That's right. And this one is coming from Vice. And um, there is a counter proportion through a wormhole, giving you the end goal of the object being reconstituted across space. But we can verify that nothing has passed. And so... Uh, Diving into this, a physicist has proposed a mind-blowing experiment that could potentially create the first ever traversable wormhole, meaning a real bridge across space-time. And so in addition to demonstrating that wormholes can exist, the speculative technique could open up entirely new windows into nature of reality. By simply offering a glimpse inside these bizarre space-time tunnels and enabling a form of teleportation that researchers call counterportation and so wormholes are hypothetically structures excuse me for one moment (laughs) sorry Uh, hypothetically structures that can connect two points in space time a feature that makes them especially popular in space fiction stories that include faster than light travel but wormholes have also been a topic of serious scientific research for a century as they appear to be consistent with Albert Einstein's theory of general relativity. And so whilst researchers have made breakthroughs recently with simulated or at least holographic wormholes, nobody has ever generated a real one in the lab or identified one in the cosmos. And so now a quantum physicist with an honorary research fellow at the University of Bristol's Quantum Engineering Tech Labs has presented a potential roadmap toward achieving this long-sought goal. Imagine if someone's consciousness, like AI, is copied into a quantum object. Oh, man. This thing just... This is way (laughs) above my pay scale, man. I'm going to simplify things for you here. But um, basically, we're talking about realistically creating um, a wormhole in a lab and seeing if you can transport objects through that and it's looking like on paper we're starting to make this a reality and um, there is uh, quite a few people that are working on this along with um, this head scientist with the count including the co-founder of the startup.quantum envisioning the makeup of this traversable wormhole And so they're using a special kind of quantum computer that could provide a smoking gun for the existence of the underlying physical reality. And so with this new study in quantum science and technology, the key thing is it uses current tech and currently available components. Referring to his preferred and proposed experiment, 
the head of this organization. The hope is that within the next three to four years, we will have built this thing. And so they're trying to build a workable model and include this fundamental concept into into this new study of what they're calling counterportation. And so it would be really interesting to see that would really um, take care of the whole here to there and the whole G-force on our bodies and all of that. You're talking about instant teleportation. So interesting that they're considering this as a reality. Um, Dave, it opens up quite a few Doctor Who question marks, um, brings up Star Trek and that whole thing and very science fiction. But would you ever let yourself be thrown into a digital wormhole? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that. Uh, look, we have to figure it out. We We know it exists. We have to figure out the science on how to get there. Because obviously, if extraterrestrials are coming here from wherever, they need to be able to uh, transit here somehow. And is that through wormholes? Is that through, uh, you know, finding a way to go faster than the speed of light? We really don't know right now. Yeah, and imagine being that first human to walk through that. I mean... I wonder if they have ever calculated the death risk of this going on, because this is going to cost a lot of astronauts, man. It really is. Yeah, and it's definitely the beginning of every good sci-fi movie, right? And it never ends well in those films. It never does. I don't even know if I like the topic. Yeah, they're calling it similar to what we would consider quantum teleportation, which is also very uh, questionable in terms, but they're calling it uh, teleportation, which occurs on the tiny scales of atoms. So in the quantum world, a particle can become oddly entangled with other particles at vast distances, allowing it to transfer or teleport its information to other particles, essentially copying itself somewhere else before disintegration at the original location. Does that kind of make sense? Do we need this to go to Mars or do we need this to go further out? Oh, we, we should get out of our heliosphere at this point if, if we can, because we're fairly sure that the next possible exoplanet that is inhabitable is well um, out there. I think 30,000, uh, light years. So it's pretty far, you know, the next inhabitable. So um, we're going to have to figure out the, the here to there. And I don't quote me on those numbers, but I know that some of the, um, the near like earth planets are not close. So um, we're going to have to figure out something to get to those. If that's what we're planning on, we need to get out of our heliosphere. We're pretty sure there's nothing breathable in, in our solar system as far as, uh, habitable for humans. All right, let's go to our final story okay. of, of the night tonight. Congressman discusses massive UFO sighting by Navy veteran and was showed top secret videos. What's this about? Yeah, now you're going to have to bear with me because my uh, tablet is being extremely finicky today. 
in how long it's taking to populate. All right. Well, so I'll, I'll, re- I'll read it for you. Do you have it up? I do. Um, okay, sure. Go ahead. Uh, That'd be great. UFO mouthpiece. U.S. Congressman Tim Burchett is among few government officials who's been actively seeking and speaking on the UFO phenomenon and publicly shared his long-standing view that the government has been withholding information about UFO sightings and otherworldly aircraft tech and materials. He supported UAP's disclosure while criticizing the UFO hearings held back in May. He expressed his dissatisfaction with the lack of information collected by the U.S. Department. State Department, that is. Moreover, in a recent interview with Newsweek, Burchett claimed that recovered UFO technology may be reverse-engineered right now, but we don't understand how it functions. We have recovered a craft at some point and possible beings. I think that a lot of these beings reverse-engineered right now, or a lot of that's being reverse-engineered right now, but we just don't understand it. However, the Defense Department has not confirmed the nature of the remaining three objects which were targeted by... Well, let's face it. Then they go trying to blame the UAPs on drones again. Right. Let's fast forward here. Yeah. You want me to pick it up? I've got it right where it starts. So Representative Burchett shared an interesting account of a U.S. Navy veteran on Project Unity who claimed to have seen a huge craft. And again, this is a story coming to us from How and Wise. Burchett told Jay Anderson and that he had received a call from a former colleague while he was out of town. He was an older gentleman, probably close to 80, and he called Burchett Timbo, which is great because I get that a lot too. I knew who he was, he said, and he said, hey, I thought he was going to talk about little green men and alien abductions. But when he told me a story he had never shared with anyone except his wife, he had been in the Navy and was on a ship which I believe is a destroyer, in the middle of the ocean in the mid to late 1950s. A submarine came up to meet them, and as they watched, it fired a missile, which was likely one of the first underwater missile firings since World War II. After that, they were gathering, I'm sorry, they were getting ready to go about their activities when a huge craft, which he describes as two city blocks in size, appeared. It hovered over them silently and was shaped like a classic saucer. He said there was something like portals or openings around the craft, and then it just disappeared without a sound. When they got back to port, three men in suits, I assume from the CIA or military intelligence, debriefed him and told him he had not seen anything. It was a matter of national security, and if he repeated it, he could be put in prison. And so, moreover, it's obvious that some individuals may speak condescendingly or make jokes about the topic, but as stated by Burchett in an interview with Knox News, however, it's been reported that photos have been shared with him by pilots and those who have had military credentials. And so he says in a quote, I've met with scientists, some of the top people in the world, and they tell me that they have extraterrestrial craft in our airspace on a regular basis. And so he goes on to say that um, in the new data, including sightings reported after 2021 report, there is an additional 119 sightings that were discovered and reported late, but still fall within the previous report's time frame. So he's had some experiences. He's getting in on some of the reports. 
And some of this stuff is pretty incredible for him to get firsthand reports from people that have had such massive sightings. I think there's a lot of military witnesses that just don't really come out with this stuff until they know they can trust the person that they're going to tell it to. And I, I mean, obviously, if you're going to tell Timbo something, um, you know, it's going to be real. And so I think this is a credible report from a 1950 uh occurrence on this uh, submarine. It's incredible. Well, one of the things that I would say about that, if I had a chance to interview Tim Burchett, we're going to try and get him on the show. I would like to ask him, why is he taking this so personally? Why has this become a personal vendetta against, not vendetta, but a personal, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? personal gain for him on taking this subject so seriously. I want to know if he's an experiencer. I want to yeah. I want to know what what has made him freak out about this subject. What he says publicly about his passion about this is that he's tired of the American public being lied to. I think that's probably a quote um, that he just wants the truth on the matter, and he's going to do whatever it takes to get that truth. And I think yeah. that's fair, and I think that's yeah. simple. I mean, I kind of reject the report, considering who put it out there. But, you know, Timber Chet needs to really, really open up as to why this is such a personal uh, run for him. Yeah, I don't know if he's ever been asked if he's had a personal sighting or not. Um, although I, I feel like I don't think he has. But um, that's only because he's not sure if it's real or not, right? If if he had seen it, he would already know. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he's we, looking for that proof, we gotta, I think. we got to investigate him more. we got to investigate him more. Yeah, yeah, yes. he seems like a great. In fact, I touched his office, um, reached out to them. And he's very accessible, and he's really willing to do shows. So, and his all the people he works around are really nice. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure he's he's more than happy to do it. They wanted to know if I was within his constituency, living in Tennessee, and I was like, no. <laughs> and so, I didn't get an immediate call back. Let's just say. That's all right. That's yeah. all right. We'll do. We'll do our best to try and track him. You've down got more pull than I do. Yeah, but you got those great shirts that you wear. I, I wore your favorite. <laughs> it's Friday. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> all right, Timmy. It's uh, always a pleasure to have you on Spaced Out Radio once again. A a great UFO report that you have laid down for us. Thank you so much, my man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it, it's always tough trying to put these things together, you know, because the news is the news. And when you try and piece it together as to what it's really standing for, even some of the best in this field don't even know where it's going when it comes to the UFO story. And that is the truth behind it. Thank you, Tim Senor, for coming on in. Thank you to our resident swamp dweller for another spooky story that takes us on a, another journey. And then, of course... Our great guest, Amber Rudd, on Ghosts of Newfoundland, telling us some creepy stories going down the road. We got Mr. Ron Bubblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. 
Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night, Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night. Operators, start earning points with Lamb Weston's all-new Potato Perks app. Simply download the app and start earning points immediately. And right now as a bonus, get 500 points free just for registering, plus a product rebate up to $100. Redeem your points for goods for your business, like back-of-house smallwares, custom marketing materials, and more. Register today and get your free 500 points and a rebate up to $100. Visit go.lambweston.com slash potatoperks to download. Start your future at Eastern Shipbuilding Group and begin a new career that offers long-term financial stability, increased wages, bonuses, with full benefits. Eastern Shipbuilding, located on the world's most beautiful beaches in Panama City, Florida, has been committed to producing the highest quality vessels for our customers for over 40 years. Now, hiring first-class ship fitters, welders, electricians, pipe fitters, and many more. Offering a relocation bonus and the potential to exceed $80,000 or more for most of our top craft positions with incentive bonuses and overtime. Apply at Eastern Shipbuilding building.com.